Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey there, I'm Ryan. I'm Will slash Dave. I'm Ivan. <laughs> and tonight, we'll review Race Across the World. This is the podcast where we watch reality TV, so you don't have to. Welcome to episode 10 of It's Just a Game. Oh my god, are we 10 episodes in? Double figures, baby! Howdy, and welcome to episode 10 of Just a Game, the podcast where we watch reality TV, so you don't have to. Now, every week I start by introducing my co-hosts, Wilf and Ivan, but you know who they are. So let's skip the introductions and move on to the most important announcement of the day. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand up for Charity Hero and Marathon Runner. Coming in 21,324th position and with a running time of 4 hours, 18 minutes and 57 seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Ivan Brad! Oh, go Ivan! Ivan's the man! Ivan, you've just finished a marathon. How are you feeling? I was so close to beating the, the, the guy who won. Like it was, it was on the line. But in the end, I came twenty-one thousand. I mean, it was so close. I know he ran the second fastest marathon of all time. All I'm saying is, on a good day, I'd have had him. I've had, I've had the guy. I haven't fact-checked it, but I believe that Mo, uh, Mo Farah came in 21,323rd position, so really you were quite close. <laughs> I was so close to being Mo! Um, guys, no, thank you. Honestly, the best bit of my marathon was running around this corner. There were pride flags everywhere, a rainbow corner, drag queens on a massive stage. I turn to my right, and what do I see? Ryan Rashidi <laughs> in a John's ambulance outfit, and Wilf <laughs> screaming my name. I was like, this is the best thing of my life. Everything I love is here. It was so good. Can I ask you a serious question about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You looked so, when you seen us, you were so energetic, right? After the marathon, the first thing I asked you, or I said to you, you didn't hit a wall, did you? Because I could 
could mm. tell that you didn't have it in you to hit a wall. Like you were so. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I had a, I had a really good race. Um, there was a hard bit, like going through Canary Wharf, um, about 18, 18 and a half miles. At one point, I was definitely like, I'm not enjoying this anymore. Yeah, but that was, that was just a stench of bankers in the building nearby. <laughs> <laughs> it, was definitely, it definitely rhymed with bankers but yeah no, it was it was a wonderful experience i mean i just want to say while i'm here thank you so much to absolutely everyone who sponsored me we're chugging on towards 1500 pounds and it's still going up so that's just amazing thank you you can still sponsor me if you want to at tinyurl.com slash ivan marathon now i've actually proved that i can do the run <laughs> but also everyone who was just there like screaming ivan most of it's because my name was on my shirt but occasionally they'd be like oh from the traitors right which is <laughs> always great um but i have to i have to admit i'm quite and i i do cry i'm quite in, in touch with my emotions some would say too much but Same. about the last i think from 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 where i saw you guys onwards i was actually on the brink of tears the entire last five really? miles it was honestly it really got me there was something first of all about having achieved something i wanted to do and had worked quite hard for which is always quite emotional but also like there's so many amazing corners where People are just screaming and cheering. And I think it helped in those last five months, like you saw, I was really gunning it. So people were like, oh, this guy's going, this guy's going. Like they were, and and, the, and like sometimes you go under a, under a tunnel and there was just this massive intense drumming band, like echoing through this entire tunnel. It felt like I was in some sort of movie. It was so cool. And I guess, yeah, you're right. All the endorphins, all the adrenaline, just rushing, coursing through your body. I was like, I passed the finish line and I burst into tears. I was honestly oh. so overcome by the emotions and i cannot recommend it highly enough even if you think you couldn't do it you definitely can you will make it well, round you've inspired me and my wife like we we think we want to do it next year do it but only with you only with you and your missus and we'll do it at, we should do it at the same pace a really long pantomime horse <laughs> <laughs> do get the rest of the traitors cast and do it as a chinese dragon <laughs> <laughs> so good the whole way around now if you're just joining us this podcast is all about reality games every week we look at the winning strategies the most amusing bits and the most remarkable drama tonight we look at one of bbc one's hottest reality game shows race across the world uh, was that sharky <laughs> oh, Shocky wants me to explain the concept. Now, if you haven't heard of it, the concept starts from a very simple issue. By travelling over, are we missing the joys of journeying through? To test this, five pairs of ordinary Brits take part in an epic race across large territories, but there's a small twist. They cannot use smartphones, they cannot use credit cards, and they cannot take planes, and they must do this all for the cost of the airfare. In this series three, players take part in a 16,000 kilometer journey across Canada in 50 days with just 2,500 pounds as a budget. Obviously quite a tough one, and that's why we're all dressed up as contestants. If you're listening to the podcast, go and have a look on YouTube. We've got Wilf, uh, who's dressed as an adventurer with his Indiana Jones hat. Hey. We've got Ivan, who clearly is dressed like he's just come off uh, the plane from Canada with his backpack and his jacket. Also, attention to detail here, one of the guys in series two definitely wore this exact coat. And you haven't even cleaned it up since that day. It's quite <laughs> it amazing. Stinks, it absolutely stinks. <laughs> and I am dressed uh, as, uh, as a Howdy the Canadian with my blonde wig and my Canada flag uh, and my Canada goose. Uh, as always, now be warned, we are entering a spoiler zone. If you haven't seen episodes one to five of Race Across the World, go away and come back when you're done. If you have seen it, stay here. It's time for us to debrief. Now, this has been an amazing series, honestly. I love these duos. I love the strategies. The route is beautiful. And I'm just going to ask you, for starters, um, 
the duos. Five amazing pairs. Do you have a favourite? Do you have a least favourite? Because I certainly do. Well, go for it. Well, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say this person, uh, these people, sorry, because you two, I'm guessing, are going to say this. Oh, no. Zainab and Mabin. <laughs> Listen, them guys, so far from what I've seen, right, are by far the nicest couple, but at the same time, the luckiest couple I've ever yes. seen. <laughs> Something is on their side. They both work, both work for the NHS, and for me, that's something that is mm. is strongly resonated from my family. So, yeah. And they've just got the most amazing relationship. There's something about them. They're not the boring, typical couple that's just, like, kissing and behaving like they're on Love Island. Now, they've got good chats. They've got a good relationship. They're clearly very much in love. I just There's something about them that just makes me want to love them and be their friend. No, I think the thing, the thing that makes their, their relationship so, so cool and realistic to me is that they can be nasty to each other occasionally and they can love each other through it and recognize that means something rather than just mm. you're being nasty and hurt by that and like that's how real couples talk to each other i'm not saying real couples shout all the time i'm saying real couples can like express negative things and then not become a problem and i really love seeing it i love seeing it play out on tv i think they're both intelligent and understand each other and respect each other's opinions and i just really 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 get yeah. it it's great yeah i mean they are amazing, but Ivan, I'm going to have to ask you for the name of someone else then. Favourite couple. <laughs> I was going to ask you because I've got three favourites. So whatever you say, okay. I'm safe. So why don't you go for it? Well, I'm going to go for Laddie and Monique. They are such an amazing... Like, they've got this relationship, this father and daughter relationship that, like, is just, like, precious. Like, it's, it made me feel all kinds of ways. It's like, he is such an amazing, caring father. He's like, he so clearly wants the best for his daughter. And they have such, this, such a friendly, such a close relationship. Yeah. I'm like, that's the relationship I want with my parents. Like, just that closeness, that, like, Aww. the way they're together. It and just, it, like, makes me very happy. It, it makes me quite emotional, actually. Like, because, obviously, mm. I've, got, I've got daughters and... And watching is it it's kev kev and claudia claudia so yeah. Kev, kev and claudia too and there's some strong moments in there and you like and i just thought to myself you know like i'd love to go on this adventure and like my kids have not had the upbringing or anything that i have so i try to treat them as as the best way they could but i'd mm. love to them to know some kind of struggle does that make sense without absolutely yeah like that's what i feel like laddie laddie's doing with hit with monique He's mm. taken her on this journey, knowing that she'll struggle, but to show that she is privileged and she does have a nice life. Mm. But, but he's that. not always—he's not always taking her on the journey. Sometimes she's leading. Like episode yeah. three, they explicitly say, "Right, Monique, this is your time now." Or is it episode four? And she makes all the decisions, and they do well. They bloody do great. And like, I was so proud watching that. I was like, "That's empowerment." Yeah. He was in—he was in care as a child at, at times, and he is seeing that like. In, in, parenting is important strong parenting is also there but the strongest parenting is often just letting them go and i i just love watching those two i love the way they talk to each other i love mm. the respect they have for each other my god i respect those two people they are just both yeah brilliant. i do and i think there's an interesting yeah. contrast here with claudia and kevin which have clearly much more conflicted relationship and sometimes yeah. i see kevin and just, just want to shake him and be like be a father for fuck's sake there's a few times when he simply takes the decision out of her hands yeah. and it's so hard to watch like, yeah, it's so hard to watch. He just doesn't let her have a say. And I, like, I, I see myself in that sometimes. Like when I'm, when I'm making a decision with Amy and at some point I'm like, right, I'm just deciding. And I, and I see myself and I just think you absolute idiot. Like you, and I don't think he, I don't think Kevin's an idiot, but I think he, yeah. he falls into the trap that we as men fall into sometimes, which is just to take initiative and not realize 
but the strongest thing to do is give up the initiative. Um, I, I just think that it's so fascinating to watch two different parenting styles. And I, like, I want to applaud um, uh, Studio Lambert for casting two pairs of fathers and daughters, not so we can judge which is our favorite, but to watch two different parenting styles, compare mm. the two, see that both are functional in some ways, dysfunctional in other ways, and realize that humanity is flawed in every single sense. Really casting. So, yeah. so what I've noticed about the show itself is you have, <clears throat> there's a lot of references to parents and people that are parents. So, mm. and different parenting styles, like Ivan said. So you look at like, um, and Zainib and Mabin, right? They talk about their parents as well, especially um, Zainib, right? She, she talks about, you're going to marry a doctor. You're going to have doctor children. Yeah, you know, and we just see in so much of a parent, a parent thing on the show. The BBC really went to the casting team and said, okay, guys, this year, the concept is daddy issues. <laughs> daddy issues, yeah. But anyway, Ivan, what about you? Uh, who's your favourite well, obviously, love both couples you've mentioned. I, I want to give a massive shout out to Kathy and Trisha. I, I love watching them. These these friends who have so much in common have been through. They were like childhood friends, and watching Trisha work through her sight issues and still have amazingly fulfilling travels, and then watching Kathy help her with her, her fear of heights and her kind of general um, worries about her sight, and just like seeing this mm. these people who just build each other up. And there's such supports for each other. Like, like they're such good friends. They've got so much in common, but they don't at the same time, which I really like. They, they have like opposite, like one likes to plan, one likes yeah. to just go for it. And I think that's what makes relationships work. Yeah. And I think that really takes us to a sort of like discussion on how we're making this format is, because this format is all about, it's not that much about the travel or competition. It's just all about serving you raw emotions. I, I do like the format. I have a couple of things I'd say about it. Um, yeah, it's it's all about the people, and, and and we know that they pick good couples. The whole point is we get to know them and love them, mm. and they make us cry. There's a couple of things I don't like about it. The first on. one is in previous series, sometimes they've just done a lot of travelling on buses, and it's actually looked like really bad for their backs, and just a bit like, okay, another bus, another <laughs> bus. Mozambique, goodbye, it's a bus. <laughs> it's like, oh, just get out. Oh, don't, oh, look, whales cresting. Don't have time for that. Bus. And like, it's, I guess the problem is, it's the whole they're saying, but what do you miss along the way? You don't see an awful lot if you're going on a bus all the time. So what do they do? They make them go and take these jobs. And some of these jobs are like, you know, the the, the employee who would be cleaning the pancake mix stands there watching as you clean the pancake mix. <laughs> They've been shoveling shit as well, haven't they? I love dogs anyway. Doesn't mean you like their shit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> who told you the, dog, the shit was dog shit? I always taste a bit of their shit every time just to make sure. <laughs> Cool. But, but then because the jobs are a bit contrived you sometimes feel like are they actually having a lovely time or are they just working really hard so yeah. sometimes i feel when i'm watching it like i love these people i love the show it just all feels a tiny bit contrived Am I wrong? i'm not sure i agree with you i feel like you're watching this from the angle of somebody who's been on tv and so sees everything as a production hiding behind i do like the format in terms of casting in terms of like some people want the experience some people are there to to go on and take away things from their life and save money. Some of them are like, I want to spend a bit of money. You know, it's, it's a really interesting format. I think it's brilliant. And I think the production have to have some kind of in insight because everyone yeah. will get buses, bro. Like, yeah. that's what mm -hmm. it is. But what I think they've done purposely, I feel like they've chosen Canada because there's so much less travel links. Um, in, like, you've seen the episode where they get a bus and they're like, oh, can I get a bus from there to there? Like, no, mate, <laughs> like, <laughs> doesn't exist. <laughs> 
there's no buses there. And they still take the bus. They should be like, <laughs> and they're like, there's no gas station or nothing. They're like, yeah, let's just go there and see what happens. <laughs> Oh, so you know what I, I do kind of like take issue to that actually because something I loved about series one or two is that when in series one they are going all the way from London to Singapore yeah. they are 6,000 routes you could take whereas this year with Canada because obviously you're in a smaller space there was something a bit frustrating by the fact that in episode four they're still all on the same train yeah. it's like by this point everyone should be traveling in vastly different ways you should have one couple that's six thousand miles behind you should have one couple on the boat you should have one couple and all on, they live on the ferry together in it there's a part where they're like let's go ask that guy for a lift and they're like i think there's two people in the back and it's the other two people <laughs> always and that's so frustrating i just wish we had a bit more diversity maybe in the like travel routes and options at this stage the tv show doesn't want people so far ahead and so far behind because it loses focus in that sense as well but by saying there's only two trains per week it's a bit like it's a bit contrived it's like you either get the train or you don't and probably if someone didn't get the train the producers might be like come on hurry up hurry up because we need you all together yeah. for the next route. and I, I you know there's, there's a scene at the beginning of what, episode four or five where they're all what they're all on the ice floes together in the very arctic thing and it's like they must have had that scene in mind so therefore they kind of probably all planned for everyone to reach that point at the same time so was it a race? It, I suppose it's still a race because it's about how much money they saved by that point. I don't know. I, I guess and I'm not complaining because I love the show, as you can tell. And it's if you compare it to uh, Hunted, it's a hell of a lot less contrived than that. But like, I feel like some of the race element is only fun if you yeah. just slightly stop judging it and stop thinking too hard about why it's a race because it isn't really. Um, and just start being like, I love it. It's great. It's telling a story. It's a journey. It's lyrical. It's picaresque, you know, and it is those things. And I think actually, now I think about this, maybe the fact that there's fewer route options uh, is so that this became, becomes a lot more about strategy. I feel like this adds a lot more strategy to this game. Exactly. Of course it does. Like, you've got to think they're on a ferry. They're all on the same ferry. They're all trying to get a lift from the ferry to whatever. They're all mm. going to have to pitch people. They, they're going to have to fight for the, their, their lifts, fight for the... And do you know what I love about this series is it's in Canada. And let's be honest, Canada is one of the most friendly places in the world, right? This show has been brilliant for Canadian, like for Canada. Honestly, it's such a good advertisement because I never had Canada on my bucket list. Now I want to go because everyone's so nice. Do you think the Canadian Tourist Board paid a little bit for this? Yeah, potentially. They should have. It's done such a good job. I would, honestly, if I were the Canadian tourist. Well, you got to think, right? You're in one country, right? You're in one country yeah. and you have literally the terrain of most of the world, apart yes. from de desert terrain. So you have you have ice. You have, you'd like, to the point where you could freeze to death. Then you've got pit place that's sunny. You've got, there's so much terrain. And I love that the fact is where they're taking them is different terrain, different places. Yeah. yeah. It's not just... Different languages, even. Different yeah, languages, yeah. of course. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, right. Different cultures. Basically, you're right. It's a brilliant challenge and it's very varied. But I totally agree with you. Let, let's talk about strategy. Uh, I guess this show has a permanent conflict between time, because you've got limited time because you are racing against other groups. Money, because obviously you can save time with money, but equally you need to keep your money to make it to the end you don't want to be like in series one where that guy made it to like the tower uh like at the very end the tower they had to go up and the ticket to go up was 20 pounds and they only had like 15 so they just couldn't make it oh to the end God. of the game uh like oh, you have sorry. to manage money time so much so ivan uh, as our chief strategist officer uh <laughs> how do you strategize race across the world how do you like what is the optimal strategy in that game if there's one 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, I, I, in a way there isn't because, well, there's optimal, there's not perfect, right? Because you can only optimize. I'm always tempted when, I've, I've done quite a, lot of, quite a lot of traveling, quite a lot of traveling on a budget. I'm always tempted to go cheap, but as we know, some of these random layovers, some of these stop-offs can be incredibly, incredibly slow. Mm. So I actually think what they've got these directories of jobs and they're not always that clear about what they're going to say. But I think you have to factor in what's the most profitable job on the route you're taking. So I think you could probably develop some sort of formula where you go time divided by money, that kind of thing. Price divided by time. Is it worth it? And would you do that? And would you do that? Yeah, potentially. I would consider dropping two days on a particular route to work two days in a really profitable job, be two mm. days behind the whole pack and then overtake because I had 20% more money. But I think the thing is to figure out when the time to spend the more money is. And I, the, the mistake I see, the suboptimal play I see is people spending money to get to a checkpoint. There's nothing that makes the final 25 miles before a checkpoint any more important than the first 25 miles after mm. or the middle of a route. So the only thing I see them doing, and it's, it, the thing is it's so chaotic, there's so many options. The only thing I see them doing wrong sometimes is rushing to get to a checkpoint or stopping doing the really profitable jobs. I would prioritize those two things. I'd say don't hurry just because a checkpoint's coming and always look for the really, really good money jobs. Like you can't just spend your, like like the brothers, right? The brothers that are just spending, the, like they're in calves and shit and I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> they're spending so much money, they're in cafes and shit and they were still 800 kilometers behind everyone on the first day. <laughs> But I love them. Do you know why? Because they're using it as an experience to become close again. And if that means they don't get to the end, it doesn't matter. Wait, 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 wait. Bro, bro, can I tell you one thing, yeah? When they take you to Canada, yeah? And they go, here's your bear spray. I'm like, nah, I'm all right, thanks. <laughs> like, here's, your, here's, your, here's your spray for the bears. No, bro, I'm done. And then one of the brothers is like, I want to go look for a bear. The other one's like, yeah, I'm right, man. I'm going to stay at this bench over here. I mean, you never know. Look, there's like, there's only so much you can do. Uh, you know the rules. Uh, if it's brown, lay down. If it's black, fight back. If it's white, good night. Is that true? I did It's a real that. thing. That's not a thing. It's a real thing. If it's black. So if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. That's that. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I get it. I get it. But if you see, if you see a yellow bear, you've got other problems coming. <laughs> if it's green, call it queen. <laughs> If it's blue, do a poo. I mean, it's, we, we all know the rhyme. We all, all talk. This I'll be thing. honest, Ivan. If I if I see a, if I see a bear, whether it's blue or not, I will be doing a poo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's that's involuntary. I've had a, I've had a bit of experience with bear spray. 
Um, because I, I cycled across America on my bicycle, and we sometimes camped. Wait, 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 wait. Um, what else would you be cycling, Dan? On your unicycle? <laughs> oh, so sorry, I had to pick up. He actually cycles on a boat. It's a pedal loop. We, we camped in a few places with bears, and it, the th- the really funny thing is they're not a threat unless they have babies, in which case they will just pull your head off to make sure the baby's okay. But equally, the lengths you've got to go to stop the bear from sniffing out your camp and coming and having a little eat of your head because they love apparently they love mint so you you brush your teeth right where do you spit you don't spit near the near the tent because the bear goes oh lovely mint mint and comes over like a little advert so you've got to walk about 300 feet away obviously away from your tent could be bears there spit your toothpaste somewhere where the bears are going to go and explore and not That's come to tent. and you carry a massive tub called a bear box right you put all your stuff <laughs> You, you, put, you don't put the bear in there. The bear stays out of the bear. You put all your, all your food, anything, and all your smelly clothes, your pants, your kecks go in there. All your toothpaste, squeeze that out and put it in the box. Stir it up, blend it for two minutes in the up. No, I'm joking. You, you get a rope. You get a rope. You throw it over a branch. You then lift the bear box up a branch and tie the rope onto the tree so that the bear can't reach your stuff but could obviously pull that if it could figure out. I feel like it's explaining a challenge on Survivor right now. Bears have incredible sense of smell and they're really inquisitive. So you can't have anything smelly. Man, I, w- I was just dying. I mean, you couldn't fart. I'd just be having a little fart and then a bear would come and eat me. Ryan, no farts. Because what would happen is you fart and then you, ha- you hear a knock on your tent and it's a bear. Yeah, and you're like, oh, no. yeah oh. you, just, you just hear... <laughs> I couldn't happen to notice that you've had a very delicious fart. And the, 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 the Did you have the beef option? <laughs> the, the tempting scent makes me think maybe everything inside might be quite delicious. Um, yeah, so uh, overall, <laughs> overall, uh, you know, bears, bears are great. <laughs> I mean, there's, no, there's no conclusion, sorry. Okay, guys, clearly an amazing series then. Um, my last question, what was your favourite moment so far? Because so much has happened. Wilf, let's start with you. My favourite moment so far is... Um, Zainab, yeah, talking to what looks like maybe a suspicious character, saying that he's got um, a three-bedroom trailer. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. How do you even put three bedrooms in a trailer? And the thing is, they've been in a luxury, like, camper van, right, travelling. Yeah, 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 they have, yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're like, got this guy going, yeah, I can help you out. And he's like, she's like and the thing is, the funniest thing is, she goes, is there a shower there? And he goes... No. <laughs> we lived in this place with no shower, bro. Right? And then and she goes, I can shower here. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. So, and then she, and she out asks him, are you going to kill me? I think yeah. that's a brilliant moment. And her husband's just standing back, like watching yeah. his wife trying to be friends with this serial killer that... I, I don't know what serial killers look like. Normally they look quite handsome, so maybe Ryan or Ivan could be. Well, no, I'm definitely not a serial killer then. We're all safe on this podcast. Oh, ch- cheers for that, mate. I'm already insecure. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. I'm only joking. But, wow. but I've got another favourite moment, which is um, basically the sound they use when they zoom into the map is like a sound, okay. right? Like a And when they go to certain scenes, they go You'll hear it. And... So Street Fighter released a very, very rubbish film called Street... Well, it weren't rubbish. I watched the whole thing. Uh, called Street <laughs> Fighter Assassin's Fist. And when they go to do the Hadouken, it goes... Oh, my God. And it's exactly the same sound. I promise you. That's a very niche reference. If you've got it, please comment. Let us I'm know. I'm going to post it on my own Instagram so we don't get told off for the podcast, but I will post the sound. <laughs> it's like a... 
you'll hear it when you hear it. And it's where they bring the blue up to do the Hadouken. Hadouken. I haven't watched the movie. Ryan hasn't even played the game. He's like, I don't even know what you're about. It's funny, like, my favourite bit also revolves around Mabine and Zeynep. Uh, it's just that insane moment in episode three when they just start chilling, spending a few days with these, like, what turns out to be very, like, like quite extreme Catholics uh, who are, like, very clearly, like, you're going to hell if you don't follow the Lord and Jesus or Saviour. <laughs> and they're trying to be like, and then, like, halfway through, like, trying to explain kindly what halal means. And it's just a surreal conversation. And yet, you know what? Like, at the end, like, they actually start bonding and they still get past that. And maybe think, like, so much intolerance could be fixed by just a bit more exposure to what's out there in the rest of the world. Yeah, and I agree. And don't you think how they fell on so much chance, bro? Yeah, yeah. Ivan, what's your favourite moment? Well, I mean, I, I've been thinking about this for a while and I don't think I can pick one out. I don't, I'm not seeing this show in moments. But obviously, Ryan, what you're saying there with that moment where they revealed they were Muslim and these faces just drop. And you can tell for a second because there are some people in this world who have not managed yet to figure out the difference between Muslim and terrorist, right? Now, as well-educated men, we know there's a difference, but there are lots of people who don't. And seeing their faces go, we've invited terrorists to our dinner, and then hearing Zainab and Mabin go, and we have the same opinions of you about almost everything. And you can imagine the way you don't see it all because they haven't got time for it all. I would watch an hour and a half of that conversation from there. So like my best friend, right, one of my best friends, Kashan, he's a Muslim, right? And I've been through, as you guys know, I went through a really difficult childhood. And um, I ended up spending a lot of time around his house um, because my mum mm. my and dad were arguing all the time. My dad was off, my mum would go off and whatever. And, you know, not once, right, I spent, I'm going to say, every single evening around there for, for about five years and he's still my best friend i still speak to him every single day we've been in the same whatsapp group for 11 years um he never once and his his uncles are like quite high up in the muslim community in terms of like uh, mosques and stuff not once did they have they ever ever tried to convert me never never gone oh, yeah. never yeah. Like never, ever, ever. And when I see people that prejudge, really pisses me off, right? Because the Muslims I know are the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Anyway, we'll go from a serious thing to a very, very serious thing. It's time for my new recurring segment. Wait, let, let the shark say it. Okay. Sharky, what's <laughs> your new recurring segment? <laughs> I'll translate for him. <laughs> Where would you have them go? So here's your right. Hey. Everyone, congratulations. Daddy Stephen Lambert has got you a job <laughs> and you're organizing series four of race across the actual world. And here's what you've got to do. You've got to design a journey for the contestants to take. So where are they going to go? Where are they going to start? Where are they going to finish? And what do they have to take with them? Is it a fridge? Go. Okay, so my route would be very simple. Yes. You have to cross Camden Town from the station <laughs> to Chalk Farm, go through the crowds of tourists. That should take at least 50 days. It really should. But there is a £7 bu Chinese buffet along the way which where you can eat, which sounds <laughs> like it will give you the shits for 25 of these days, but that's a good option. The budget is enormous. <laughs> and you're like, why am I going to need all this budget? And then you get pickpocketed in the first hour. And you're like, oh, <laughs> damn, damn it. I'm penniless and starving. <laughs> Fall into Camden Lock. It's like drowning, cold, bedraggled. Anyway, Will, what about you? Any ideas? I think 
a trek through Africa. Africa is a, yeah. a beautiful place and has, and I think it will bring more to, I remember learning about Africa when I was younger and it was seen as a country. It didn't really highlight the different cultures. So I think that would be very, very good. Yeah, such a range of cultures. And I think it'd be good to go through different parts of Africa. Yeah. Um, yeah. And end up at somewhere like Egypt or somewhere. Somewhere somewhere that's a real landmark, but a wonder of the world. Do you know what I mean? I just go all the way, like, all the way down. I started, like, yeah. Egypt, like, all the way down to South Africa. I, I think I'd I think I'd start at South Africa. I would, I would go to the left. Um, then to the right, take it back now, yeah. Right. One hub this time. But what I'd like as well, I'd like them to pass through Jerusalem or somewhere that's not actually part of Africa to see how... Do you, do you know what I mean? Between Egypt... Oh, you could have them go from South Africa to Jerusalem. Well, I don't know, but you know, like, to see the difference between culture in such yeah. a small space? Like, I think that would yeah. be brilliant. Ivan, what's your route? I like Carrotter Cape Town. I would be really interested in watching... Because the rail systems in India, right, and, and other parts of ex-colonial Britain oh are really God. fascinating. Because mm. Britain went over, they colonialised, they built these amazing rail networks. Um, obviously, the colonial era is over, and these rail networks thank are God. still... Thank God. This, yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And these rail networks are incredible. They're better than British rail networks. They <laughs> that's, not very, that's not a very high bar, to be honest. <laughs> no, they're, they're better than roads. And I would love to see them traveling, zigzagging through India using these rail networks, traveling on. I have had the most amazing experiences, actually in Sri Lanka rather than India. I've sat across the table from this lovely couple with a big plastic bag. They got another plastic bag. This is on a train. They slammed it down on the table and they looked at us, smiled, and they rolled it down. And they started digging their hands in. It was just biryani inside. They just sat <laughs> eating biryani from a bag with their hands for about two and a half hours. It was so it was great. We were just smiling at them the whole time. We didn't have any biryani though, I have to say. But you, <laughs> I, I love stuff like that. What you've got to think here is, like, you know, I've got family all across the world. So I've got family in Canada and I'm so mm. gutted that I, I had a childhood where I weren't able to go abroad. And mm. I've got family in Canada, mm. Australia, India. Like my nan was born in India. So we've got Anglo-Indian. Like heritage from my, from my nan's side so i'd love to go to india you've got some traveling to do you've got some, yeah, you some global traveling to get started on man but yeah well we've got some uh pretty pretty interesting itinerary to uh suggest so daddy lambert uh call us and that's it for a review of race across the world so far we'll be back very soon after a little break with maybe some special guests uh along the way um, but if you're listening, in the meantime, give us a five-star review, follow us. If you're watching, like and subscribe. And if you want to see the beautiful, lovely haircuts hiding uh, on the top of these men's bodies, follow us on social media at itsjustagame.podcast on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, until next week, I am Ryan Rashidi. You can follow me on Instagram at Celine Dion. You can uh, follow me on Wilfred Webster on TikTok, Wilfred Webster official on Instagram. I, I'm also been um, tagged in the uh, BAFTA nomination post, so yeah. With flex, but okay. Um, I'm Ivan. Uh, you can currently watch me on the No Rolls Barred YouTube channel where I'm playing a bunch of board games with some very, very funny people, so check that out, please. And if you want more Ivan content, you can also go on BBC iPlayer and look at the full uh, unedited version of the finish line of the London Marathon. He drops <laughs> in a few hours in. But for now, from all of us here, it's see you very soon and goodbye. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.